Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Good morning, or hello, or whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So glad you guys are on today. It is Wednesday, May the 31st, 2023, the last day of May. Man, May has been a blur. I mean, I know for so many of you and for us too, so many things in May. You know, this year we had obviously had a, a high school graduate, so that filled it up. But then you got you know, you got Mother's Day in there and all the end of the year, school year activities going on. You got Memorial Day. Um, you got the Kentucky Derby. You got the Indy 500. I mean, you got Cinco de Mayo. I mean, May is loaded, guys. I mean, you think about all the ground we cover in the month of May. Uh, it really is. I mean, in, with the sticking with the theme of the Indy 500, I mean, We've made it to the checkered flag, guys. We've made it through the month of May. Now we, uh, we are in summer. I mean, we turned the page to summer. I mean, June, even though officially summer isn't like middle of like 20-something of June, um, it's summer. I mean, come on. Once you get past Memorial Day, Memorial Day pretty much is like the unofficial start of summer, you know. I mean, I remember up north, that's when the pools are open, you know, the community pools and all that. In Florida, we forget about that. I mean, the pools are open year-round. I mean, it's, you know, it's summer every day. <laughs> Just what what level of summer do you want? Like, what hot level do you want? But it's summer. I mean, it's summer in January. Uh, I don't know if there's a lot of swimming going on in January. So a little chilly for that down here. But... Um, but we keep the pools open. It's not worth closing them, really. All right, you guys. Well, welcome on today. We are going to jump into Acts chapter 19. I know we kind of scattered some things around this week. Um, supposed to you know, be reading 18 yesterday, but then we weren't together on Monday, which was 17. And 17 was so good, we read it on when we should have been reading 18. So then 18 got missed. And so today we're on 19, which is the correct chapter that we're supposed to be on. <laughs> Did you get all that? <laughs> anyway. Acts 19, so we don't have to keep jumbling and shuffling that we're going we're gonna to stick with the reading plan, which is Acts 19 today. So thanks again so much for being on. I really do appreciate you guys. Thank you for uh, your feedback. You know, it's a little different on the podcast. I can't see you, can't get the immediate feedback. So, hey, if you, if you can leave a comment, uh, whether you see it on Facebook or whether you see it on Spotify, if you comment, feedback, emails, I love to hear that stuff. Um, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so let's do it. Acts chapter nine. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Again, we're trying to keep this at 20 minutes, so we'll see how we do. We, yesterday we went way over, but you know, we'll, we'll see if we can do better today. Acts 19. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Oh, wait, I forgot to say, you know, what we do, we read, we pray, we change the world. So while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. 
There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Hmm. So here, um, these disciples had only heard of the baptism of repentance. They had not heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They only had heard of being baptized in water for repentance. That's what, that was uh, John's baptism, was a calling to repentance and water baptism. Uh, they had heard of that, and so they had undergone water baptism, but they had not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They had, not, had re, been uh, in filled, filled up with the Holy Spirit. Um, and presumably, these are Christian disciples, right? I mean, it doesn't says there he found some disciples. I mean, you could surmise that perhaps they were just some disciples of John, and so that's why they only knew John's baptism. Uh, but it doesn't specifically say that. Uh, so in context, you would assume they are Christian disciples, Jesus' disciples, but they had only heard of the baptism uh, in water and not of the Holy Spirit. So Paul, in verse 4, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul, okay, so the, I don't think the, these are, these are, I think these are uh, John's disciples. Because they are, they're now being baptized in the Lord Jesus. They're, instead of just the baptism of repentance that John was doing, now they're being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. They were about 12 men in all. Hmm. Yeah, so these are, I really do. I mean, now it seems to me more likely that these are John's disciples. And now they hear, Paul tells them, look, John was pointing to Jesus. And so they say, wow, I'm on, we're on board. Let's do that. So they become Christian disciples now. And they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and not only underwent um, um you know, water baptism, but now they're baptized with the Holy Spirit that Jesus promises. Verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. Mm, wait, what? People becoming obstinate? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, where? That never happens. That never happens, does it? Hmm. That's like, man, it's like my son right now, getting ready to go to college. Man, he, he obstinate. I'm just telling you. So today, they are at Rainbow River. So it's a nice uh, freshwater river here, a little, little ways north of where we are. And so he's going with some friends to uh, Rainbow River and you know, tube down the river. It's a nice thing to do. He worked last night, got home, you know, around 11 or so. At 1.30 in the morning, he's playing video games, and I he wakes me up, which, you know, I don't, that, I was not a happy camper at that point. And he's just going to stay up. He's going to stay up until, he's not going to go to sleep, because they have to leave it, you know, they leave it like 5.30 or 6 this morning to get up to Rainbow River. So he's not going to sleep. He, he didn't sleep. He stayed up all night. 
obstinate. I was like, dude, don't you think you need to go to sleep? Why? Well, because you need to rest. You're going to be in moving water with a bunch of friends with no sleep. Why is that? What's wrong with that? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's not wrong. It's just dumb. <laughs> it's not right and wrong. It's just dumb. But obstinate. So we'll see how it goes. Probably going to be asleep on his tube. He's going to get a big old sunburn on his belly. I hope he does. Be the Lord's, it'd be the Lord's goodness. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. But some of the people became awesome. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. Interesting that the church in that here is called the way. Uh, we hear a lot of different names for the church in the New Testament. You know, the uh, followers of Jesus, disciples, the church, um, the way here. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannius. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Mm, that's commitment, man. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Isn't that crazy? Like even handkerchiefs that Paul would touch were brought to the sick, and uh, and they were healed. I don't I don't understand. I mean, I haven't really worked through the theology of that. Like why? Um, I think it. You know, obviously it's God that healed, not the handkerchief. Just like when we anoint people with oil, it's the it's the power of God that heals. If someone is healed, it's the power of God. It's not the oil. But yet we're told to you know administer oil. But I think there's sometimes there is a convert, like there's something about material things that um, kind of maybe help us focus, help us, um, I don't know, feel in some ways a connection because it's tactile, it's, it, we can touch it. It's just like places, right? I mean, we know that God is everywhere, but it's true that it's also true that God's manifest presence um, tends to be and can be at different times released in power and uniqueness at certain places. Um, you know, at the Asbury outpouring recently, right? I mean, yeah, God's everywhere. And so people, many people say, why do you want to go there? God's spirit. Everywhere. It's true. God's spirit is everywhere. But it's also true that God's manifest presence is poured out in, in unique ways at, at certain places. And so you want to be there. Um and it's so it's it's that same idea of like tactile, tangible, uh, earthly things. Um, sometimes there's a unique connection with certain places and situations that uh, connect us to God. Um, it's not the material things. We don't worship created things. We worship the Creator. So we should, we should never worship water that came from the Jordan River, for example. You know, people sell that stuff. It comes from China. I'm just telling you, it's Jordan water. Now it came from China, but and but no, it's nothing special. It'd be, you know, but there is something. You know, people. If you've ever gone to the Holy Land, I haven't, but if you've been there, you know, and and people who've gone there, you know, express that there. And I could, I certainly understand knowing that you're in the place where Jesus ministered and where he was baptized. There's a unique uh, reality and sensation and experience there that you can't get anywhere else. And it's not that the place is any more holy, but it's just because of there's that sort of connection between the 
eternal and the uh, the material. God did extraordinary. Okay, so uh, verse thirteen: Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, "In the name of the Lord Jesus, in in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out." Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, uh, were doing this. Seven sons of Sceva. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Mm. They're trying to cast out demons, but they don't know Jesus. But they're trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And the, the, wick, the evil, the demon says, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And it overpowered them all gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Wow, that's a beating, man. You know, I mean, for real. I mean, if you're naked and bleeding, you got whooped. Like, you don't even have to ask who won the fight. It's the one that's naked and bleeding. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid and you had fights, who won the fight? Who won the fight after, after school? Well, the one that's naked and bleeding, they lost. For sure. So, uh, yeah, so they... they the spirit, the wickedness recognizes the power of Jesus and recognizes Paul as one who carries that anointing of Jesus, that power within him. It's the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Yeah, nobody else wants to run around naked and bleeding. No, I'm just kidding. No, they were like, wow, this is power of God. God's powerful, man. And they honored the Lord. Verse eighteen: Many of them who many many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. Man, they all starting to come to confession. They all talk about how they sinned. They, they repenting. It's beautiful. Verse nineteen: A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to fifty thousand drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. Wow, that's, a, that's revival right there, man. You know, that is revival. There's an outpouring, and then there's revival. Revival is what happens after the outpouring. There's an outpouring of God's Spirit. Revival is what happens after. That's the, the transformation that happens, the way people and places and, and cities and states and even nations are changed. That's revival. Outpouring is uh, that, that unique, occasion in which the Spirit of God is poured out. So like the, a lot of people at Asbury are talking about that. That's not the revival. That's the outpouring. Revival, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if there's a revival that comes out of that outpouring, right? There's an outpouring of the Spirit. We'll see if that uh, manifests itself into revival or not. Here we see an outpouring of God's power, and then out of that came revival. People started selling stuff, changing. They're, they're, they're ethical and moral behavior changed. They started, they made their life, they it changed their lives. That's revival. I think sometimes we get hungry for outpouring, but we don't walk in revival. You know what I mean? We just want the outpouring, but we don't walk in the revival, which means the changing of our ways and our wants to align with the with the power of God, the, the who God is that was revealed to us through the outpouring. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After, after 
After I've been there, he said, I must go to Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. Again, the church here referred to as the way. A silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines for Artemis, brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. So this Artemis, uh, Diana, Temple Diana, huge moneymaker, uh, Ephesus, and the, the worship of Diana was a huge, and Artemis was a huge uh, moneymaker, brought in a lot of pilgrims to worship at this pagan uh, shrine. And so you have people who are there are making, basically making souvenirs, little trinkets. And um, all the, I mean, religion was big business in Ephesus. <laughs> he called them together along with the workers in related trades and said, so if you have someone who's, who's calling into question the validity uh, of this shrine and that it's, it's a false god and that the, that the real god is, is not made with human hands, uh, then that, that strikes a threat to a business of those who may, are making shrines with their hands. <laughs> so, and you see in here how this fellow Paul, this is one of the shrine makers, and you see how here, how this fellow Paul had been convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole region of uh, Providence of Asia. He says that the gods made by he, man, man, by human hands, man hands, oh man. <laughs> and that from, um, um, Jer uh, uh, Seinfeld, man hands, the woman with the man hands. <laughs> oh gosh, and it kind of grossed them out, right? Because the, the woman had man hands. Anyway, anyway, I I, I digress, guys. He said, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like oh, she got man hands. <laughs> Oh, so Paul's Paul has caused a problem because he's saying that the gods made by human hands are no gods at all. Verse 27. There, there is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited. And the goddess herself, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. Yeah, that's a good, good chance. When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting. Great is Artemis of Ephesus of the Ephesians. Soon the whole city was in an uproar. The people seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia's, Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theater together. Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples would not let him. Paul's like, all these people gathering, they're all ticked off. He's like, let me let me let me address them. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This crowd, they're fire, they are angry. This is a right. This is not a this is not a gathering. This is a riot. <laughs> you know, like we can tell the difference <laughs> between a gathering and a riot. This is a riot. Even some of the officials of the Providence, of Providence, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture into the theater. The assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. <laughs> That's the truth. Like, what, what is that? I just saw the crowd jumped in. I don't What are we doing? Where, what's going on here? Where are we? They don't even know why they're there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander into the front, and they shouted instructions to him. He motioned for silence in order to make a defense before the people. But when they realized he was a Jew, 
They all shouted in unison for about two hours. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Wow. The city clerk quieted the crowd and said, Fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis of her image, which fell from heaven? It's like a theory of like a, a meteor that became like an object of worship. Um, therefore, since these facts are undeniable, you ought to calm down and not do anything rash. You have been brought these we you have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed God, our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. There's like there's a due process here. We're not it's not going to be mob uh, mob justice here. So. You know, go through, go through the proper channels. They can press charges there. Verse 39. If there's anything further you want to bring up, it must be settled in a legal assembly. As it is, we are in danger of being charged with rioting because of what happened today. In that case, we would not be able to account for this commotion since there is no reason for it. After he had said this, he dismissed the council. Hmm. They dismissed the assembly. Wow. Yeah, so... Uh, so uh, riot averted here, you know. Uh, it just shows how the gospel, you know, will conf conflict with um, industry. You know, sometimes there are things that are consistent with the gospel that uh, that will, uh, you know, upend um, industry. You know, that sometimes there are, you know, there's things that uh, businesses decide to do that uh, that conflict with our Christian values and Christians have every right to no longer um, patronize those places, um, or at least send a strong message that uh, we don't appreciate. Um, I know a lot of Christians right now have issues with Target um, because of some of the things that they're promoting and, and pushing forward, particularly directed at children, um, and um, and they're paying a price for it. And Christians have every right to do that. <laughs> and I think as a as a as a Christian, we should be conscientious about how we spend our money and where we spend our money. Now it's complicated, man. I know it's complicated because big businesses intertwined in so many different things. So to think that your dollars are perfectly pure and clean, no way. If you're if you're doing business in America, there's gonna be there's some dirty money in there somewhere. But that doesn't mean that if you know something that is that is in your face and in in good conscience, you say I can't support that. Then by all means, don't support it. Um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, sometimes it gets out of hand where people want to boycott everything for anything. Uh, but then there are occasions where you're like, you know, I I just can't, I can't support that. And so, um, you know, a lot of a lot of businesses are learning the hard way uh, that. You know, there is there are still people that have a conscience about moral issues and um, and will take their money elsewhere. So and, you know, people in the first century were dealing with the same thing as these Christians were saying, hey, this is a false God. This is not true. I can't support this. This this, uh, you know, <laughs> like this, this these shrines are pointless because this God that they're whose image they're made in is pointless. He's not trying to ruin the Paul's not out there you know, specifically targeting small businesses who are trying to build these shrines. He's he's doing he's dealing with the bigger theological issue of of religion, of faith. But it trickles down. 
Like, you know, and I think that's sometimes what people try to do is like, well, but this has nothing to do with your your faith in God. Well, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, because it's a brace, basic tenet of our faith in terms of uh, what we believe Scripture teaches. And so when businesses conflict with that, when they push forward, it seems to be an agenda that is contrary to um, our our faith and our beliefs, then we we don't we have a right to not support it. And so, um, you know, when um, when some of some of the uh, things that these big businesses are doing, um, you know, they they hear they hear they just only hear from one side that the you know what the world wants them to do, but they they should you know sometimes it's good to be reminded, hey, no no no, there's a bunch of folks who see things a different way <laughs> and uh after 10 billion dollars worth of losses <laughs> target um i think they perhaps they're getting the message so all right you guys thanks so much for being on today so glad you guys uh take time to uh, spend time in the word of god today thank god for his word let's pray together lord thank you so much for your holy word thank you for the truth of the gospel thank you lord for the reality and the reminder that Sometimes the gospel conflicts conflicts with the principalities and powers and wickedness of this world. And sometimes it conflicts with the checkbook and the bottom line. And uh, Lord, help our allegiance always be to you and not to anything else, not to anything else. Um, Lord, I pray for my friends today. May you bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. Let them know of your love and grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Thanks so much for taking time to read the word today. Tomorrow we'll be back at it with Acts chapter 20. And uh, as we continue our journey through the New Testament, thanks for spending this time in Acts 19. Hope it's been an encouragement and enlighten, an enlightenment, enlightening to you. And uh, again, thanks for sharing, subscribing, commenting, your feedback. I love to hear it. Um, so thanks for thank you for that as well. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.